This is Millennial Man Motions Entertainment, LLC. Today is Monday, June 20th, 2022, and it is now the 20th anniversary of the sci-fi crime mystery movie Minority Minority Report, directed by Steven Spielberg and starring Tom Cruise, came out around this time 20 years ago. So I am back with my friend and co-host, Avi, and today, this whole episode, we'll be talking about summer summer 2002's Minority Report, uh, starring Tom Cruise and directed by Steven Spielberg. Let's get right into this. Avi, what are your your first thoughts that come to mind when it comes to Minority Report from 2002? Uh, First of all, I didn't know. I thought from the poster I look about, I didn't know about Tom Cruise. But for the post, I thought it looks like uh, he looks like uh, J- Jeff Goldblum, you know, with leather jackets, like since the Jurassic Park. Oh, so you thought it was Jeff Bo- uh, Jeff Gold uh, Goldblum instead Goldblum. of Tom Cruise? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah Tom Cruise. It looks like uh, even though he's a uh, you know Jeff Goldblum, is just like a secondary secondary protagonist, and that much like he's in any action parts. I mean, was he in that movie? I didn't think he was in Minority uh, Report. Because he works, he went Spielberg and. Oh yeah, oh, no, yeah, in Jurassic stuff, in Jurassic Park, but just not in, not in Minority Report. Yeah, got it, got it, got you. Um, before we get too into this, everybody, I just want to let everybody know that after we're done this Minority Report discussion today, our next movie co-hosted podcast will be, will be about summer 2005's hilarious, pretty, um, out there comedy, The 40-Year-Old Virgin with Steve Carell and directed by uh, directed by, uh, I forget the director's name, but he's, he's directed by Judd Apatow. Yes, that's it. Yes, that's it. Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow in his first major live comedy, The 40-Year-Old Virgin from 2005. And hopefully after The 40-Year-Old Virgin, I finally can hopefully talk with Avi about, um, this end of past, past year's most recent James Bond installment, No Time to Die. But with that said, you were, Yes, um, jo- Jeff Goldblum was start. It was Jurassic Park, but not Minority Report. Got you. Um, what did you think of Tom Cruise though, as his character in Minority Report? Well, he's very like, uh, like almost like uh, very strong, strong but even strong, strong-minded about like even though he can handle the case, but even sadly about even though he, he knows, hopefully he knows how to connect to the solving crime, but even about the. Uh, sometimes it's like it's, this movie is like very soon like a futuristic version of Alfred Hitchcock films. Yeah, it is. It is. It does seem kind of similar to that type of movie. Yeah, like similar to Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock. That's for sure. Um, now this this is a story. This is a story. Um, this is a written story, short story by Philip K. Dick. And it's directed by Spielberg. This is the first time that Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise worked together. And then they would work together for a second time in 2005's, yeah, The World Worlds. And it also stars Colin Farrell, Max von, Max von Sydow, and a number of other people that I'm not too familiar with. Yes, Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell's in this. Who did you say after Colin Farrell? What? Who did you say after Colin Farrell? And there's also, there's like, uh, Tim Blake Nelson. I'm not familiar with Tim Blake Nelson. Who? What? Was, what did he do? In this character, he plays the one who keeps all the prisoners. About the athlete, you know, they've been like, uh, you know, Hold on, I'm looking up his. Hold on, let me look up his name again. You said, t- say the name again. Uh, the Tim Blake. Okay, Nelson. let me see in the cast list. I, I'm not familiar with that name. So I'm just looking it up real quick since you mentioned it. Tim something Blake. Where's he at? Where is he at on the cre- credits? 
Oh, I don't see his name here. There's so many names in this cast list. Uh, Tim what? Tim what? Blake. Tim Nelson. Blake. Tim Blake. Oh, Tim Blake Nelson played a character named Gideon. And what was his part in the film again? He's one who keeps in all the prisoners that the, the, the pre-crime units. Uh, oh, okay. They put them in stasis. Like, you know, they have the little, like, uh, headbands about they put them, like, uh, unconscious. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right, well, he's got a lot of, according to his IMDb page, he's got a lot of upcoming projects in the works. Um, I'm not familiar with that actor, but that's good that you brought him out to my attention. The other name I want to mention in the cast list real quick is... Hold on, let me find it. Is... Frank Frank Grillo, who was in the Captain America movies and other action and thriller projects. Frank Grillo plays a pre-crime cop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Frank... Okay. I think that was some of the cast you know about... Uh you don't know they're later up to become a best known star, best known. Like, give, give an example, give an example. Like, you know, like, uh, like Colin Farrell, you know, that it was his beginning as early, earlier than that, uh, as almost like, almost become a superstar, but... Yeah, it was, it was one of his, like, beginning starting parts before he got into way other stuff, yeah. yeah. Alright, so now this, this movie falls under five different genres. It's one action, two crime, three mystery, four sci-fi, and five thriller. So it goes on. It's part like a neo noir. And also, kind of, you were right. It kind of is kind of neo noir also as a sixth thing. So it's one of those five things, including a neo noir as a sixth. And this movie takes place in the year 2054, where crime, where cops, uh, police officers, cops know about a person's um, murdering uh, someone murdering someone before it could take place. Murder yeah, that. yeah. The problem is about besides the capture of the capturing and all those uh, homicide, could they prevent also like a bank robbery or the terrorism right. or like even that? It was that released during the time of post nine eleven when they wanted to keep a tight security. Yeah. Yeah, it's got. Yeah, that's all. very true. Thank you for putting that stuff out there. It's got. A, it's got nine little quick taglines. The nine taglines are: What would you do if you were accused of a murder you had not committed yet? Everybody runs. The system is perfect until it comes after you. Get ready to run. The future can be seen. Murder can be prevented. The guilty punished before the crime is committed. The system is perfect. It's never wrong until it comes after you. Everybody runs again. You can't hide. Count to three and get ready to run. And you can't hide. Get ready to run. So those are all the taglines. And I wanted to say that the first thing I want to say about this is we're going to have our different opinions, but I really like the beginning of the film, the first like half hour to 45 minutes that brings everything, sets everything up, but it's a really long movie at two hours and it's a long movie at two hours and 25 minutes. So it goes on very long, but for me, the middle part and the end part kind of drag a bit. So I really like the beginning parts the best, but, and it's got to, you know, it, it ends however it ends. We'll get into the ending later on, but yeah, the middle and end. That's what I wanted to mention also. That I'm glad you brought that up. A lot of the technologies used in the movie for 2054, we kind of already kind of have right now in our times. Like touch screen. Like yeah, like the touch screen stuff and uh, that that one that's one tech thing and other thing uh, things also. Yeah, we a lot of the tech they use in this movie we kind of already in different ways have ourselves already have it. Yeah, so that's interesting. Um, I want to make a quick point. We should you mentioned Colin Farrell not too long ago as one of Colin Farrell's big parts in this. Uh, I want to just connect it to you know other franchise things. How um, Tom Cruise once um, was involved with ne uh, um, Nicole Kidman, who played a love interest of Al Kilmer in Batman Forever, and now in the more recent The Batman movie, Colin Farrell plays the Penguin. The penguin. Yeah, so that connects all, all that together. Also, you know, this year about besides the recent uh, besides the Batman has a Penguin and Catwoman, the new Batman movie. 
There's also like a, like a 30 years of the of Baton Rouge Terrace also featured Catwoman and Penguin. Yes, that is right. It's the, it is now the 30th anniversary of Batman Returns, 1992. That's a good, another good point you brought out there. Yeah. Even the, but do you think the Batman could be very much darker? Like even Well, I, I saw that. I went to go see it in March. It was very good. It was dark and good. Yeah. And also, they say Minority Report is it was supposed to be a sequel of Arnold Schwarzenegger Total Recall. Oh, yeah. That's that's part of the trivia. As far as you're yeah, right. As far as trivia is concerned, the Minority Report movie that came out in 2002 was first meant to be a sequel to Total Recall from 1990, but was... Um, Instead, thankfully, just its own thing without not, uh, its own original thing without being a sequel. But there was a Total Recall remake in 2012, which did, which starred, which starred Colin Farrell. So it connects everything together again. Say again, yeah. And also, it's from the same author did Philip K. Dick, and the same author. Yes, same. Same movie, Blade Runner. It's also about somebody on a run. Wait, what, what, what was that? Part, what was the part about Blade Runner? Say it again. Yeah, the, the same author wrote the. Oh, the same author of Blade Runner. Okay, cool. Now I want to go over. I want. There are. I want to go over real quick. There are. Um, there's 88 items of quotes, but in the but still without having to open it up, it says one that I want to say because I thought to me it's the quote to me that stood out the most that happened either in the beginning or middle of the movie, even though there's there's 88 parts of way too many quotes to go over, but it's the quote that I liked that stood out the most, and it's between John Anderton, that's Tom Cruise's character, and the person Danny Danny Whitwer that was played by Colin Farrell's character, and the quote goes really quote like this: It goes, "Why'd you catch that? Because it was going to fall." You certain? Yeah, but it didn't fall. You pat you caught it. The fact that you prevented it from happening doesn't change the fact that it was going to happen. I think that was the best quote in the whole movie. But yeah, it's got a lot of quotes. It's also, it's also the main theme about this movie. It's called free will versus determinism. That's very good way how you describe the theme like that. It's very observational of you. Because that's like uh, those catching the balls, like uh, you know how you can't can't, can't capture that prevent the future or something. Yeah, exactly. Like, I like I like that. I like how you explained all that right there. Very good. You know the ads about that. Tom Cruise did shoot the suspect. It turns out like uh, the Ethan Brady is the after because he turns out that what's missing in the movie because when Tom Cruise found out John Anderson found out that he's accused of murdering, he didn't know anyone by repeating all the the video. He does he's finding the answer. What's it mean? But he doesn't find out about the, what's missing is that he didn't check about the photographs on the bed. About that it turns out the main reason why why John Anderson is after that guy. It turns out. He's one who connected uh, who kidnapped his son, or as a kidnapped as a setup. Wait, who's whose son again? Whose son? John Anton. Oh yeah, Tom Cruise's son in the movie. Yeah, explain that again a little bit more in depth. What was it saying again about about his son and stuff? What's missing in the movie about what John Anton found himself saw himself that being killing someone he never met before. Mm-hmm. He tried to repeat the video to find what the motive is about the campfire where. Where it's okay about what's missing about the, is that they, he didn't check about the photographs on the bed mm-hmm. that involves about what led him to his intentions. Okay. Yeah, what, 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 ultimately, what ended up happening in regards between Tom Cruise and his son in the movie? Like, father and son, like, how, how did it all resolve it with that? Because uh, it, 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 his son was reported missing about that when, 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 when they have vacation together, about that's so he's like kidnapped, about. Because there's no chance that I could find that word. Did I mean like I mean like does does he and his son do they do they get to be together at the end of the movie or no? What? Do this Tom Cruise and his son in the movie get to be together by the end of the movie or no? 
No, his son is already dead. About oh, already dead. Well, okay. He, 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 he with his ex-wife. Okay, his son died, yeah. but reconnected with his ex-wife. Got it. Now, this was filmed, like you were mentioning the whole nine post-9-11 aspect. This movie was filmed March 2001 to July 2001. So it was all filmed, all filming released before 9-11, but was released the summer after 9-11. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they 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 had a lot of people. They thought, well, a lot of people. They prevent uh, the murders from happening, but then they thought he himself did it, which is why they went after him. That's why I liked um, the action in the movie, where like he was trying to escape them, and it had all the different tech devices that were used while they tried to catch him, catch him with like uh, the 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 yeah, thing that. that Jet pack. Yeah, the jetpack and everything, and, and the gun thing, all that yeah, kind of stuff. There was there was a quick there was a quick assembly line scene. Yes, there was an assembly line scene. Same, same thing as uh, Say that again. I'm sorry. Say that again. Because they also had the same same thing at that same time year about when the Padme Anakin episode episode two they had a close call with the you know the assembly line in the droid factory. Oh, they oh, they had a similar type scene for that. Got it. Got you now. Same scene like. Oh wow, yeah. Only about the avoiding the cause assembly. Oh, that's an interesting... Okay, so the same kind of assembly part thing. Got you. Yeah, I, honestly, for me, I just want to say real quick, when you, since, you mentioned, since you mentioned that, I'm not a big fan of Episode 2, Attack of the Clones in 2002. It's one of my least favorite of the Star Wars movies. I did like Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, and I didn't care for any of the sequel trilogy. But yeah, uh, thank you for the same... Well, what, about, what about you watch any other series, like, uh, like Star Wars and Clone Wars? Oh, no, I don't watch that. I don't watch that extra stuff. I was, I was very disappointed by Rise of Skywalker in 2019, and I really... I, Unless they make really better Star Wars movies by new they new creators. Yeah, I know. I heard about. I heard that's out now too. Unless they make something really great with Star Wars with new creators, I'm pretty much done with Star Wars right now. Um, as far as Star Wars things are concerned. But back to uh, Minority Report. Uh, yeah, I, I, go, I went over with you the. Um, the quote that I thought really stood out. So there's that many. There was that many quotes, and the trivia. You mentioned one of the trivia already. There's 104 bits of trivia, but yeah. Mm. And also, and also, a similar another Star Wars reference in Minority Report okay. is that yeah, the pre-crime and police how they ride. This looks like a, a Boba Fett's Slave One. The ship, you know, like how they arrived. Uh, Wait, what was it? They revived, revived, Star Wars? Pretty kind of police vehicles. It looks like a, like a, like a Boba, Boba Fett's uh, Jet Slave One. Oh, some, some sort of a Slave One kind of transporting thing? Yeah. Uh, okay. They arrived like a very big ship, you know, like a curvature, curvature. Okay. All right. Also, another thing about, like, uh, it is also, like, uh, like, uh, sometimes it's also what's, uh, a good scene about this spider units. Oh, tell you, tell tell us, tell, tell the audience and me about the spider units. Cause he even has a good, uh, good sequence about the when the precarp releases all the the spider to find each tenants of the apartments, the who's li who's living there, like by doing eye scan. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It's like you're both viewing inside the building, mm -hmm. and like like uh, almost uh, not like uh, go through wall to wall, like uh, something designed you look at the the, the structure structure mm -hmm. building. Okay, that's interesting. Visual display. Mm -hmm. And also, and also about the 
During the scene that show Anton manipulating the precognition of future crimes, the music in the background is Franz Schubert's Symphony Number no. 8 in B minor, more commonly known as the Unfinished Symphony. It's like unfinished, like an unfinished crime about like a. Some, uh, oh yeah, the actors who play as an ex-wife to the ex-wife to John Anderton, she, uh, Catherine. She later stars in that TV show called Cold Case. It's also about the series about... Well, but sorry, what was, her name? what was her name again, the actress's Kath name? Catherine Herb or something. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking her up. Who is she? Is she, is she? is she in the movie or no? She's in the movie. It plays ex-wife. Ex uh, what's, what's, what's her name again? I'm trying to look up the actress's name. Catherine Herb. Herb Catherine something? something? Okay, I gotta look up that name now, too. Hold on. Keep talking while I look, try to look her name up. Because she, later on, she's also known stars, best known stars, lead, lead actress in a TV show called Cold Case. Cold Case? I'm still trying to look her up with the name, with Cold Case and stuff, but you can tell, tell, tell what, um, the audience more about, some more stuff about Minority Report while I look up her name. Cold Case is about the series, about the, also about the unfinished, unsolved mysteries. Okay, I'm trying to find the actress's name in the cast list, okay. Hmm. Yeah, so they, like I said, it was very, it was entertaining in the beginning. It dragged towards me after parts of the middle, but um, yeah, it's a really long movie. It's one of, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know how many. What was Colin Farrell in before this? He had a number of projects. I mean, I'm looking him up real quick before I find her. He's been in, he's been around since. He's been in stuff in the he's been in stuff in the '90s, but he really started to get full force by the early 2000s of stuff. And the phone booth, the phone booth, the phone booth was directed by Joel Schumacher. Schumacher. And yeah, the um. Also, he, he collaborated also with Joel Schumacher in that Vietnam War setting. Yeah, the, the, the 2000 Tigerland movie. Yeah, I'm just trying to find that Spielberg name you were mentioning. How do you how do you say her name again? Uh, Catherine Erbo. And what what character did she play in the movie? She plays the ex-wife to the John Anderson. But do you remember the ex-wife's name? I'm trying to look up her name. Uh, uh, Jess, I mean, there's a Jessica Capshaw as Evan. Is that her or no? Uh, that's his director's stepdaughter. Oh, it's a stepdaughter. Then what's the actual woman's name? I'm trying to find her. Uh, uh, let's see. House, uh, there's only one, one thing to find out. The house, uh, Try to look up the, 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 her name because I can't seem to find who you're talking about. Uh, her name is... Uh, uh, the Catherine, no, it's Catherine Morris. Catherine Morris? Yeah. Looking for the name Morris. I'm looking for the name Morris. Morris, Morris, Morris. Where is she at? I can't find her name. Uh, I don't see this person's name in here. Cath oh, here it is. Catherine. Catherine Morris played a Lara Clark. Catherine Morris. Now I found that name. And you said she's played in something called Cold Case? Oh yeah, she Cold Case started a Cold Case in 2003 show Cold Case 2003. And what did you say that show was about again? It's a show about the about the it takes place in Philadelphia. It's about the, how the police revive the unsolved mystery. Okay. All right, that's interesting. Uh, she was she was in As Good as It Gets. She was in Exene on the Warrior Princess. So she's been in a number of things. And she's also worked with before with Steven Spielberg and in, in AI Artificial Intelligence. Let me see. Yeah, she did play a part in Artificial Intelligence as well. So thank you for again uh, pointing out an actor actress in the movie in these movies that I had not been aware of. I, I like your insight on actors and actresses that I'm not too familiar with. So thank you for that. Uh, let's see. All right. 
All right. We are just now entering 20 minutes in. So we're going to segue to a quick commercial break and then continue talking a little bit more about Minority Report from June 2002. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me explain. Basically, it is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place that you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. I personally have been enjoying creating original and memorable memorable podcasts, which are listened to in over 50 different countries. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor application or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad that you did. And we are back talking about Minority Report from June of 2002. It is a action crime sci-fi mystery and a bunch of other stuff, including film noir, like, like Avi said. Um, this was the first time that Tom Cruise and, um, Tom Cruise and Steven Spielberg worked together. And then, like you said before, um, Avi, he, they also worked together then a second time in 2005's The War of the Worlds. I didn't really care for The War of, of Worlds, honestly, as much, but I did like at least some of Minority Report. Um, um, what other parts about the story or the characters or any, any, whatever the case may be, what's some stuff you want to still say that we haven't yet said yet in regards to Minority Report? Well, sometimes like, uh, and you know what's all connected to the ending about the villain's surprise, the, the, the true villain story. Wait, wait, let me just, wait, let me just tell listeners and audience, he's about to go over the ending or things about the ending, so spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this from 20 years ago, I mean, it's, you had 20 years to, to get a chance to see it, um, it, he's about to talk spoilers with the end, so just letting you guys know. All right, go ahead. Well, you know about the what's all connected, another movie connection about that, just to tell Harry and my brother, because you know, the villains about it, the villains about it, but that Colin Brown knows something about the, or something right, not right about the, the visions of the, of the, you know, precogs about, and it turns out Max Vazir is behind it all, they kills, they, they kills Colin Farrell, and, uh, and that way, and, and also, that shows about the, now the villain got exposed with, with, with Tom Cruise about, the. It reveals everything about the, everything what's uh, what's uh, what's all connected to the past case, but as a cover up for the. Now, would you say? Now, you said his son had already died. You the later film about board, the board supremacy. You know, like uh, you know the you know the villains as a kind and all that wants to cover up and uh, and then hands about the after the fight guy himself exposed the world, right. take his own life. Right. Wait. 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 You're saying so. You gotta. You're saying things too fast. So, in, in the ending, what, what were you saying and how how that was again? Well, it turns out that who's behind it all about the the, the one that who wants to frame that frame the. Uh frame well, this is towards the end. We're talking now about Max Max von Sado's character, right? Yeah. Continue. Go on. Well, it turns out he's behind it all about. I want to know about why to mm. cover up the case about. When, when Tom Cruise finds out about it, when he exposed every, everything, everything all, all, all around, all around the, the society, well, 
Well, you know, here, well let, me, let me, let's break it down easier. I want to ask you a question for the audience listeners about the ending. Because I, I only saw this a few times and I'm still confused by it. The ending. You did say his son had already passed away, so his son is dead, but he re goes with his ex-wife or something. Would you say that the ending of Minority Report is happy, sad, or neutral? Uh, uh, well, it's, it's neutral about that. <laughs> So it's not a happy ending for sure. It's definitely not a happy ending, but it's not a sad one either. It's kind of a midway neutral ending. Right? Is there, like, yeah, uh, kind of a neutral you know, type sometimes ending? Sometimes, like, uh, and you know, uh, and also about, like, uh, you know, sometimes I thought it'd be like a chase, like, uh, some kind of, like, about board supremacy. And, you know, the ending of that movie is similar to the ending about the board supremacy. They both have similar type endings in regards that. Yeah. One with the, uh, uh, Brian Cox and yeah, 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 yeah. The the the, 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 the um, uh, Matt Damon franchise. They have similar endings in regards to what exactly again? About the ending of the Minority Report. Yeah. The, 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 the 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 one born movie has a similar type ending in that uh, what what how are they similar again? Yeah, so the Vegas exposure about the ones that came up about an behind it all. Okay, no, yeah, didn't didn't yeah, didn't Max in the movie his character take his own life? Max yeah, yeah Max's character took his own life, right? Yeah, that's what I thought he took his life at the end, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I wanted to let everybody know at the time of this recording, the actor Max von Sydow is currently deceased. He passed away in March of 2020. At, before, before the COVID right, right, right around before around COVID, yeah. He passed away in March of 2020, and I guess since you like talking about Star Wars earlier, Max did get to appear before he passed away. He was in Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens as a in 2015 called Lore, a character named Lore San Lore San Tech. I believe he spoke with uh, Oscar Oscar Isaac's character. Right about the map thing to Skywalker, yeah. Yeah. And another thing also, what's all connected about the before he passed away, the, 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 we died in the March and that that year is the beginning of COVID lockdown of uh, ep epidemic. It's somewhere even Max Rentier plays a greatest role in the fifties about that also takes place during the Black Plague called the Seventh Seal. I'm sorry, what 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 did he play in the nineteen fifties? Uh, the seventh seal. Is I mean, I know, I know you've mentioned the seventh seal in a previous podcast. I'm just trying to be reminded about what exactly the seventh seal is and what he played in it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, so that's what he played back then in the 50s. All right, that's interesting about that stuff, too. So I want to talk about real quick how, how this was directed by Steven Spielberg that I thought that I was really impressed with um, Steven Spielberg's direction in this movie. The way he directed Minority Report was really, like, you, well, I, I mean, I was there were honestly parts where I was bored because it was such a long movie. But I liked more so the beginning. But uh, yeah, I really liked how he directed the action scenes that when when action was happening. Uh, what did you make of Steven Spielberg's direction? Uh, it's like a, it's still like a, it's still like wants to be a blockbuster, but it doesn't get like a, almost a grade A level like as the best best movie moments, but. Even the critics love Wait, you're saying it... Oh, wait, hold on. Are you saying it is grade A level or it's less than that? What are you saying? Well, it doesn't get too much uh, success, but, uh, but, but even though it's, uh, it's, but, you know, the critics loved it about, like, uh, 
But you know, about something like, uh, you know, they don't know what I had copycatting about, like, uh, they wanted to, because uh, it's very like at the beginning of mature, mature age, about uh, as a, no longer like as a retro, mm-hmm. retro movie moment, movie moment of Spielberg's career. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think like it's not one of his best movies, but it's not like terrible either. It's somewhere like, somewhere in the middle of his movies. But the movie, but the one critic, but one critic says the best movie ever about like as the number one best movie. That's what, that, well, that just, that was one critic's opinion. Yeah. Even though sometimes like it's very hard about my, my parents can't get along with the, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about that. That's part of this plot and story. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. What your thoughts about that? The whole uh, change of future, uh, trying to uh, stop or prevent or do things. What do you make of all that? Well, it doesn't uh, make sense about like. Uh, you cannot change uh, all the all the way to the, from the very beginning about like uh, about what becomes the sun. About now, well, yeah, well, yeah, again, the sun with with the sun. Yeah, yeah. What, what what point what what point did the sun die? Was this before the beginning of the movie took place? Like when exactly did the before the beginning? Okay, before the movie, the sun. Okay, got it. The before the movie actually started, the sun. Also, another thing about if you if you want to try to prevent uh, if you want to prevent the crime, you don't know if they want the criminal or actually a real suspect or, or what. Uh, because mm-hmm. you can't tell they captured the wrong person and then right. it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, like it's a really, it's a good movie, but it's like really, it's really long. It's two hours, two hours and 25 minutes. Um, yeah, let's see. Are there any other trivia or quotes that I have not yet mentioned you think was uh, um, uh, noteworthy about this whole movie? Uh, even I like about this, the one about the... The one about the one precogs, he has, he has, the, the Tom says to take her, take her, take her out of the pre-crime unit. As she's, she's very connected about her, the past, and find a clue about the, what's, what there's a minority report. It's like a conspiracy of why they, why they's been framed. About like, mm-hmm. when, she, when, he get, when, he, when he takes her to his ex-wife's house, about there's the one about, she, she tells the story, she tells about what become of her, her son and his, mm-hmm. If he's not dead about, about the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I like, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I like that. I like to think that we can't really change our past, but we can try to make something of our future that in the present that hasn't come yet. Yeah, the three yeah, the in the movie, the story and, uses the pro, the pre. Know, their, their names, their names are named after the mystery of writers like uh, precogs, like Agatha, like Agatha Christie. Yeah, let me see. It says right there. Yeah, it says that the precogs. That was what they used in the movie to help advance the plot with their their, their things. It says that the the precogs were all named after famous mystery writers: Dashiell Hammett, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, and Agatha Christie. So thanks for pointing that out there. There's a line from Agatha about the best mm-hmm. line about the Dr. Hinneman once said, the dead, dead don't die. Mm-hmm. Look on and help. Mm-hmm. Remember that, John? Uh, Agatha, Sean, yeah, their, their son, he's on the beach now. A toe in the water. He's asking you to come in with him. He's been racing his mother up and down the sand. There's so much love in his house. He's 10 years old. He's surrounded by animals. Wait, which part are you, which part are you saying now? It's about Agatha. About oh, an Agatha part. Okay, yeah. Finish what you were saying with Agatha. Yeah. Then you saw surrounded by animals. He wants to be a vet. We keep a rabbit for him, a bird and a fox. He's in high school. He likes to run like his father. 
He runs the two mile and the long relay. He's 23. He's at the university. He makes love to a pretty girl named Claire. He asks her to be his wife, and he calls, he calls her and he tells Laura, who cries. He still runs across the university and the stadium where the John watches. Oh God, he's running so fast, just like his daddy. He sees his daddy. He wants to run to him. He's only six years old. They can't do it. The other men are so fast. There's not much love in this house. There's uh, John is uh, John is crying. They he wanted back. So did she. I can, I can't can't you see? She just wanted her little girl back. It was too late. The little girl was already gone. She's still alive. Da, da, da. She didn't die, but she's not alive. Back then, just tell me who killed your mother. Who killed Ann Lively? Lively. Sorry, John. You're gonna have to run again. What? Ah, the, she predicted that the, the, the pre-crimes are coming. The, uh, right. Well, that, that was well said, those lines there. Um, I, I quickly found, while well, on the IMDb page, as I, I guess, look at the IMDb page to see stuff from it, I saw that they have recently, as part of it, found there a rap article, the rap website, therap.com. This is a, this is a dated June, June 17th, 2000. June 17th, 2022, so just three days ago, by a Sharon Noli, where it talks about how Minority Report 20 years later, which tech predictions were accurate. So I'm going to go over real quick the article of which of the text, predict text predictions from this movie 20 years ago are now accurate. And you were saying, believe one of them, and the first one it says is the... Geisha-based touchscreen interface. We kind of already have touchscreen interface type things, so that was the first thing of that we kind of already have. Uh, let's see what else. Let me and see. And also, the, you know, what was all connected about Jurassic Park and the well, minority parts. You don't know what the technology actually a flaw. Say, what was the flaw for the Jurassic Park? Say it again. The flaw about like chaos theory from the from the, the Jim Goldberg about something about anything what you know tight security about how the system works, but even it did come out come out so well about something case downfall. Even for that pre minority part, they thought that. The pre cards are always perfect, but you know there's a system that hasn't come up yet. I'm not too familiar with uh, Jeff Goldblum and his, his Jurassic Park stuff, but I guess for anybody listening, I believe he is coming back from the old cast into the new cast for Jurassic, Jurassic World uh, Dominion, the new Jurassic Park movie. So if you're a Jeff Goldblum, if you're a Jeff Goldblum fan, like like uh, it seems like obvious that you can catch him in the most recent new Jurassic uh, Jurassic movie. Um, I wanted to state that after the gesture based touchscreen interface in the article, it next says that there's robotic surveillance. I'm not sure whether or not we have robotic surveillance, but that's mentioned. Then it says jetpacks. Um, I don't think we have the jetpacks yet, and. Yeah. No jetpacks for us yet, and we are just like what happened in the Back to the Future Part Two about what was predicted what to be like in 2015. But even even it's true that we have this we have Skype, but. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Back to the Future Part. Back to the Future Part Two did kind of show a um a uh, what, what did you just call it a um face um FaceTime. 
Uh, FaceTime and Skype. Like, FaceTime, Skype. I, I FaceTime type, a Skype like FaceTime slash Skype type thing. Jetpacks were in Minority Report. We don't currently have them. And even way before Minority Report, we can also see a quick. The cars that connected to the rails. I didn't get to that yet. Let me see. Hold on. I'm still going over the jetpack thing for a sec. And then outside of Minority Report, there's a jetpack also in the very beginning of the fourth James Bond movie, 1965's Thunderball, had Sean Connery up in the jetpack. After the jetpacks, there are sticks, stick, stick, um, six sticks. I guess that's one of the gun type oh, weapons. Yeah, the shock, like, like the shock things, the six, six shock things. Yeah. Yeah, like the, the yeah. The twisted gun type thing of that. Yeah. Then it said self-driving cars. Then it said self-driving cars. I believe there were some self-driving cars in Minority Report, which were also seen in, like you said, the earlier movie by the, uh, the dick, the dick guy, um, Total Recall. The Total Recall had that self-driving car also. Yeah. After it's the self, say again. Even though it's not animatronic. Even though, even though not animatronic. Then at right. Then after the self-driving car, there's targeted 3D ads in Minority Report. Targeted 3 ads. Well, now we get ads for us everywhere still. Way before That's 20. Like a Times Square. Yeah. Everywhere. Even um, even before the movie takes place in 2050, 2054, we have targeted 3D ads. Um, what would you say? Um... Time, Times Square, the mall, and a bunch of other places too. Um, I, I replacement also, certain. Also, was still missing. They still, they, 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 we still didn't have this holographic. Right, right. We, we don't quite yet have holographic completely. All right. After targeted 3D ads, there's talking about eye replacement surgery. I'm not sure whether or not we have eye, eye replacement surgery. Then it says print photos. Well, basically, we have phones that could take amazing pictures now, even better than older cameras. So we have whatever kind of thing you can say about print photos. Um. In 2022, most people, even police looking for victims or suspects, carry those photos on their phones. Basically, that we now can have photos taken really quick inside of our smart cell phones. Then it says facial dis facial distortion shots at Radio Shack. I don't think we have Radio Shack mostly. They may have went out of business. Then it said no cure for the common cold. I think we have some stuff to help with the common cold. And then paper newspapers. Um, if you're a young person, you don't really read newspapers anymore, only old people. I think old people might still get newspapers now, but for the most part, newspapers are now only online on the internet. And that was the end. That was the last one. Paper newspapers I mentioned. Okay, so interesting. That was about the... Uh, that was about 20 years later. What predictions, what tech predictions were accurate about this movie 20 years about later plants, on? About the plant scene. Tell me, tell me about the plant scene. Well, remember that when, she, when he's on the ride, he has to, she has to, he has to meet her. About oh, yeah, the, she, he met up with her. Yeah, go on. She has to be with her. What's the name? The creator of the pre-crime. Mm-hmm. Iris Hindeman. Right. Now, what were, what were you saying? What were you saying exactly in regards to about him talking to her again? Because, uh, because she has, uh, like, uh, all the, uh, herbology, like, uh, the, like, you know, about the, everything that she goes about, it comes quick. I forgot what, I, I've, I've seen, I only see Binary Break a few times, uh, let me check about, like, uh, about, uh, about the, about plants. Yeah, check out, yeah, check, check, check about the plant part. I ever seen a man about, like, uh, uh, the, the drug, the drug, what is the drug you use, uh, yeah, I 
every summer, eventually eventually develop its own indelible rhythms. For instance, uh, uh, that's a sort of bleach bypass. The Shot and Kodak film using the bleach pipe bypass technique. Many interesting films. Uh, these scenes, these scenes, the uh, greenhouse are almost almost a godlike uh, vision of the future. Kelly sees features. I was impressed with the complexity of the filming the greenhouse scene. The actors seeing the marks and the it's just, it's just like uh, something about plants that had to survive okay. in the future. Oh, okay, plants surviving in the future. Got you. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think we talked about a lot of it so far. Uh, all right. Uh, we just reached 40 minutes in. Um, did you have something? Also, Go ahead. Sure. Uh, so also about like, uh, that thing is also about like, um, I forget what it is about that. Even sometimes like also wrote, do you know wrote the screenplay for the for minority part is Scott Frank about. Yeah, it said, it's, yeah, it said a Scott Frank wrote the screenplay. What did you want to say about Scott Frank? Also connected in the past about which one character is about to stab with the scissors. It's just like Abbe when he's involved in the movies with the scissors in the, in the, in the, in the Kenneth Branagh movie, 1991 movie, Dead Again. About oh, I'm not familiar with that movie. I'm not familiar with that movie. But um, what were you saying in regards to um, into the screenwriter Scott Frank? What about him again? Yes, he also wrote the Neon Noir movie about the, about the, it's also about like uh, some mystery about the past, about that it's connected with the scissor. Oh, let me see. What is it called, though? Dead Again. Uh, okay, 1990. I see you're in his credit list. He did it. He wrote, he wrote Dead, Again, Dead Again in 1991. Also deals with scissors. Which had to deal with scissors? Like scissors, scissors? It's about the one who the murder, murdering the, the suspect's about to murder someone at the very beginning. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Oh. connection with the Alvin Hitchcock. You know, the one about, like... But uh, M for murder, and uh, also one character's on the run. I you you know so much about all these movies that I don't know of. Like you you really know a lot about movies with all these details. Uh, I've only seen like one or two of Hitchcock's movies. Like, you ever seen Rear Window or the... I've uh, seen bits and parts of Rear Window, but I had to rewatch that. I haven't seen the whole and, thing. And, and also, that was North by Northwest. Right. And yeah, I've only seen some of his stuff, but not a lot of his stuff. He did He did, He did. did direct a whole lot of movies. Um, But I just want to say real... The greatest movie is all his Psycho. Right, well, that's the one I saw. That's the main one I saw. But I know he did and stuff... Yes, I saw Birds and Psycho, but he did all the other stuff which I haven't, which I haven't caught to seen as much yet. But yeah, um, um, he has done a lot. That director did do a lot. Um, Hitchcock. But um, real quick, just to connect it back to Scott Frank again, since you mentioned that Scott Frank read, uh, Dead Again, which it looks like it had um, Robin Williams in that again. That do- that Robin Williams was in. Um, it looks like Dead Again. Yeah. That um, Scott Frank also directed, um, wrote, uh, not rather, not directed, he wrote one of my, an episode of one of my favorite shows of all time, The Wonder Years, that ran from 1988 to 1993, one of the best shows in my opinion of all time, The Wonder Years. Scott Frank wrote the phone call episode, the phone call, the sixth episode of the first season. Just wanted to mention that. Scott Frank, I just watched is the one about the uh, Netflix, uh, Queen's Gambit. Say it again? He also directed and wrote the, the Netflix limited series, The Queen's Gambit. Yeah, there's something called The Queen's Gambit that he wrote also in more recent credits. You're right. Chess, chess, chess is about a game of chess. Yes, yes, that's in his top more recent credits about that with The Queen's Gambit, Gambit, and he also wrote the screenplay for Logan, 2017. And also he wrote the movie of George Clooney about the out of sight. 
And out of, yes, yes, and out of sight screenplay in 1998. Cool, so that's a little bit, some more stuff about Scott Frank. Now back into Minority Report again. Um, now that we're 43 minutes in, what are your, what are your final, what are your final thoughts, final thoughts and opinions about Minority Report, Tom Cruise, uh, starring mainly Tom Cruise, directed by Spielberg, June 2002, 20 years ago. Your, um, final thoughts and opinions about Minority Report. Well, don't think about the anything about the, how you can see see yourself or what you've been doing. About like, uh, it's also some something begin begin your, th- your thoughts about your about the, your intentions. Say it again about the intentions part. Think about your intentions about that you want to change change your ways. Right. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing about the present. We can always change our ways and try to make a better future by changing our ways in the present. But we really don't have. We really none of us have any control over what the past was like already. The past is the past. Pretty much. Um, so that was a good way to wrap up thoughts about it. Um, if you had, if you personally had to give your own. Uh, also, sure. Go ahead. Who also makes a cameo appearance that you don't know is as one that uh, Tom Cruise, previous director of uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry uh, Cameron Crowe, is in that movie. The director. Are, are you saying that in Minority Report, uh, Cameron Crowe makes a cameo? Yeah, he reads the newspapers and the passenger on the train. Hold on, that might be in the trivia real quick. Let me just go in the trivia section. Um, let me see. Trivia, and then I'll go into director trademarks or spoilers. Uh, I'm not sure, but you said there's somewhere in here that uh, that ca- ca- the, the director, Cameron Crowe, played a, a little small part in this movie somehow? Say yeah, again? Yeah, he wants to read the newspaper, and, uh, and that's when John Edge is on a run, huh? I believe you. I'm sure it's in here somewhere. I can't see where he is in this exactly, but I'm sure if you know, you knew so much other details that I didn't even know of that I'm sure that uh, this director of this other director is in here somewhere. I believe you. I just can't find it all on the whole page. Because he, direct, he directed Tom Cruise in the, in the movie of Jerry Maguire. Yeah, the Jerry Maguire. And, and, and Vanilla Sky. Yeah. But you know, in Vanilla Sky, Steven Spielberg makes did cameo appearance in, the, in, the, in that movie of uh, Vanilla Sky. Are you saying Spielberg was also cameoed in in Manel- in, in uh? In Vanilla Sky, why? Why did? Why was Spielberg in that? Because that's at the same time he is about when Spielberg almost asked him about the going to be an upcoming next movie about like uh, it so so seemed that he has birthday joined a birthday celebration with uh, Tom Cruise. I, 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 that's interesting that he's in that. I didn't catch that. That's right. Again, another... That's scene that is actually meant about the, you know, the behind the scenes about... Actually, Steven Spielberg asked Tom Cruise about it. Uh, he wants to join in about... Inside of, inside of Vanilla Sky? Yeah. yeah, that's a very another another great movie observation. I didn't know that all these directors are all are all in all other directors' movies like that. That's very that's very interesting. Cool. Very. Steven Spielberg did make try to make a acting cameo, but besides directing it, about he makes appearance in the Blues Brothers movie and in the, in the ending, and also he's. In you the mean movie. you mean the original Blue Brothers? Yeah, 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 I know Spielberg was in that. That that you did speak about. But all, all that other stuff you mentioned about the cameo directors was very interesting observations that I wasn't too sure about. So that's cool. Um, great. So that's a lot that's a lot of details and trivia you got for people there to hold in. Um, now if you if you had to personally yourself, Avi, if you had to grade or rate Minority Report, how would you grade or rate this movie? Well, A minus. 
All right, you gave it an A minus, and I'm gonna give it a solid B, because like I said, I really liked the first 30, 45 minutes, but then the middle to the end dragged for me a lot for how long it is. I did like the action scenes with you know that flip gun and like you said, the other parts of Tekken. And and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff. With yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff you described. Yeah, like uh, I would give. You said you said A minus. I would give it like a solid B. I'd give it a three out of four stars. Three out of four Kazas. Because uh, you gave it an A minus letter grade wise, um, what would you give it? Uh, that's a letter. Did the TV show come after the movie? After the movie, yeah. and it was short lived. And short lived. Oh wow! I, I I had no idea anything about the TV show. I just know the movie. I didn't realize it had a TV show. I I don't think that would last very long. Um, you said letter grade wise was an A minus. If you had to give it like um a number rating or something, how would you give it a number way? Like uh seven point nine, seven point uh, uh three. Seven seven point three out of ten. Yeah. Okay, and the IMDb gives it a 7.7 out of 10, so you got a 7.3 or an A-, and I give it a B or a 3 out of 4 uh, uh, stars. All right, um, let's see. So we basically, I hope you all enjoyed um, Avi and I talking about Minority Report 20 years later. This was a June 2002 movie. Um, one real quick thing, one last thing about Spielberg. Um, supposedly, I'll believe it when I see a trailer and a, and next summer coming, but supposedly Indiana Jones 5 with Harrison Ford is coming next summer, but unfortunately it will not be directed by Spielberg. Yeah. It has a different director. The direct only producing it. He's only producing it, yeah. So... That's the thing about Spielberg I want to say right there. But um, I next time we're going to have a really fun discussion, conversation going, because we're going to be talking about the hilariously fun Judd Apatow comedy from, I want to say... 40-year-old virgin. For, yeah, but I think it came in August. 40-year-old virgin, I believe, came out August of 2005. I believe it came out in August. The summer of 2005, August. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff to say, Avi and I, about... The 40-Year-Old Virgin by Judd Apatow next. And then at, right after Judd Apatow, I really want to see in here um, Avi's thoughts about us having a full, deep conversation about the most recent James Bond movie, No Time to Guy. So if you liked Minority Report, come back first, right next, co-hosted for uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin, Judd Apatow, summer 2005. Follow... Oh. Go ahead. Also, uh, I heard about the next movie Spielberg's going to direct it, but it'll be this fall in November. So this is an autobiography movie called The Fablements. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that's his most recent one. Let me see what it says about that real quick. All right, let me look up that movie and director at the top, and it says The Fablements post-production. It's in post-production, and it is about, let me see, opening it. Uh, the Fablements, a semi, a, it's a drama. It's a drama that's a semi-autobiographical semi-autobiographic semi based on Spielberg's own childhood growing up in post-war Arizona from age 7 to 18. So it's a semi, it's basically based on his life when he was younger. And he's directing his, he's directing his own life when he was younger. And, and, and he wrote the screenplay and so did Tony, Tony Kushner. That sounds like an interesting thing to have um, Spielberg Michelle, talk about. Michelle Williams, Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, and Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen and Paul Dano's here, and what was that other name you just said? Michelle Williams. 
I don't. Oh yeah, and Michelle Williams is also in this. All three, all three of those names. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing to see about the younger thing of himself and him directing him his own self. The, this trivia: the film will be inspired by director and co-writer Spielberg's childhood. So really, directors are directing a movie about his childhood. I think that's very interesting. And the release date for that is November 2022, November 23rd, 2002. So around Thanksgiving. As, as part of like as part of like uh, Oscar predictions, yeah, like uh, there's gonna be award award winning at the. You're saying. It's trying to get Oscar predictions for that again? Yeah, it's just like uh, we want to make uh, the, who goes to the next year Oscar about Want to, want something more dramatic. I don't really follow Oscars anymore with the, what they do things, but I just find it when you mention that as his next most recent project that he's directing and writing that it's interesting about that he's directing a thing about his own childhood. That's kind of interesting that he's going back there to make a whole movie about the childhood stuff. So that's that's interesting. Um I want everybody to support your local uh, movie theater because I believe in the next 10 to 15 years that uh, movie theaters won't exist anymore because of streaming. So support your local movie theater if you want to see any movies on the uh, on the big screen. At well, Around us, we have AMC movie theaters. So go see your favorite movie right now, whether that's the new Jurassic Park movie or the new Top Gun or whatever you want to see just well, to keep it in business. Here. Or say it again, or Lightyear, the Lightyear, uh, uh, Lightyear that's the kind of spin-off from the uh, Toy Story, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, everybody, <clears throat> everybody dance and have a good time one more time. Everybody dance and have a good time. This is friend and co-host Avi talking about, Avi talking about Minority Report 20 years ago and Millennial Man Motions Entertainment, LLC, signing out. And he connected the Skype call. Signing out until the 40, the 40 year old virgin summer 2005. We're signing out till we talk about the 40 year old virgin 2005. The 40 year old virgin 2005 next. See you on the other side of the bridge. <laughs>